check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast, because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. A very happy St. Patrick's Day to all you We Are Cavan fans and Cavan GA fans and to Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo Celt. Paul, are you a, a shamrock wearer? Do you do you don the shamrock on, on Lana Forge? Uh, Damien, what do you think? You know me. Uh, I, don't, I don't envisage you wearing a big big bunch of shamrocks, but I, no, I could be I I'm a contrary bastard, so I'm not a big St. Patrick's Day man. Um, as you'll know if you read my, my column about the rugby this week, uh, I think it's the contrarian in me. No, I don't mind. I'll tell you, I, I for years I used to go to Crow Park for the All-Ireland Club Finals, and that was always a great day. I would you know, be a bit of a bit of a session as well. Like, and it used to be definitely the highlight of March, but that tradition is, is done away with now, which is unfortunate because I know that they're trying to streamline the season and all that, but that was... That was one thing that was working very well. I always thought. I I, I have to say I I wholly agree that within this the, the new split season and and everything they've missed out on including the GA as part of St Patrick's Day. For me, St Patrick's Day was always get up, grab me shamrocks, put them on as big as you can get them, and, <laughs> and head to mass. And then after mass, it was head to the parade. And after the parade, it was you'd watch the Hogan Cup final or the McRory Cup final, and then after that, you'd watch the club finals. And as you got older, I, I like you got the opportunity to go up to some All Ireland club finals. Um, premium tickets were easier got for there, so you could have a few pints and have your dinner and have a great day. And the, St Patrick's Day was, I suppose, like every other day, <laughs> was wrapped in the GA for me. But I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Now I'm thinking. Right, okay, what's today gonna to be like? This is this is a strange feeling for me now, I have to admit. Yeah, now the Hogan Cup final is on TV, so I'm sure you'll watch that one. But uh yeah, that's that's a, actually a, an interesting game as these things go because it's almost CBS against Summerhill College from Sligo. So I actually know a good few of the Oma players because there's a good few handballers on that team and some of them are from big handball families, so I know their fathers and uncles and stuff like that. So I'll have an interest in that, but also to see a Sligo team in the final of it. Yeah. That that always attracts the neutrals, I think, when you get a new team like that. Sligo are definitely a county who are doing it out right under the radar there. Like they're after winning Connacht Miners and under twenties. And mm. uh, now they're at, they've got a team in the Hogan Cup final, which we haven't done in, in fifty years. So uh, it's interesting that there's definitely a big push going on there in Sligo. So look, um Omar are gonna be massive favourites there, like. They're going to be gigantic favorites. They walk the semi final, so yeah. I think it's going to probably take a big effort from Sligo to beat them. But um, yeah, look, another probably going to be like another All Ireland title for for Tyrone. It looks like, which is pretty depressing too. But I wouldn't begrudge it to the lads that I know on the team. But Tyrone in general, yes, I do begrudge them. 
Yeah, yeah. The lads are good lads, but they have a problem. They're from Tyrone, you know. <laughs> it's 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 uh, it's just one of those things with Tyrone and 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 everybody. Around. I I don't know if you're listening to the radio. There was one talking. Uh, I think it was on News Talk or something, and they were they were saying like the Irish English rivalry is a time to for us to get over that a little bit and, and you know and another person was on saying, Well look at it's a sporting rivalry. That's all it is at this point and, and we you know you have to have your, your, your local derbies, you've got your Cavan Monaghan's, you've got your Dublin Meads, you know, you, you have your local derbies. And so the the other person came back and said, Yeah, but for England, like who's the one team Ireland always want to beat in the Six Nations? Oh, it's England. Who's the one team Scotland always want to beat in the Six Nations? Oh, it's England. What about Wales? Oh, it's definitely England. What about France? Definitely England. So <laughs> I was thinking that's Tyrone. Everybody around Tyrone wants to beat Tyrone. <laughs> Tyrone are the England of of the GEA, I think. Yeah, I never thought of that. That's true, <laughs> actually. Yeah, and even when you go further, I feel like. Uh... Australia and England, like they hate each other in a sporting context. That's probably Kerry and and Tyrone there, like yeah, 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 absolutely. So that's that's Tyrone. Tyrone are, are are the ones that everybody hates, and 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 you can only be hated when you're successful. That's that's the, that's the reality of it. It's 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 only that that successful part. Although England sometimes don't tick that box, whereas Tyrone seem to always. Yeah, um, yeah, but I I don't know. I I I think. On the GA context, I think the GA should look at putting a round of league fixtures on St. Patrick's Day. You know the way you've got, we're after coming off a two-week break there. You know, even if St. Patrick's Day fell on a Wednesday, wouldn't it be great to have a full round of Allianz League hurling and football games on today, even if it was on a Wednesday, or on today now as a Friday with a weekend? I think the GA are just missing a little bit of a trick there. I think everybody around the world that's Irish is is looking for something Irish. And what's more Irish than the GA? Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Even just not so much um for projecting out to the to the outside people, but for our own people, for GA diehards uh you know, it's a day off. people would love to go to a game, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's a, look I suppose the club finals was was were unique. And the, the Hogan Cup finals in a way, the Hogan Cup and the and the Horn final in a way that um you probably feel that they're the closest thing to it. Like they're kind of a high standard of football. They might draw in the neutral, their finals. You know, you, you might get some novel pairings in the Hogan Cup, which we have today, their own side going in all Ireland final. But at the same time I, I just thought that that club um tradition was so well established that it's gonna be very hard to replicate that. And we don't have that same level of interest in in uh, second or third level football that we that they have say in American sports, like mm. like they don't have ta- whole towns obsessed with their second level school team. Like St. Pat's are going well or whatever. Yeah, you can see big crowds, you see a lot of past players and all that, but there's not that same obsession that you might get in America, like a Friday night light situation. And same yeah. with third level. I think third level in Ireland, the GA is a runaway train. To be honest, I think there's really no such thing as a supporter of of DIT football club like like I, who I, but not like in America yeah yeah I think runaway train is the wrong uh, wrong analogy there maybe it's just a, a, a walk away person like it just has <laughs> yeah. it, it, there's, there's no support for the third levels there's no support but but it, it it seems to have an inordinate influence on the schedule of games yeah. um, throughout the year like like I, I personally think the 
the Sigerson should be played before Christmas and it would solve a lot of problems. Like there shouldn't be a Sigerson league, for example, the Ryan right. Cup, whatever it's called. Like it's you know, these are the players that everyone's saying that you're there's fears about born out and everything else. But like anyway, we're going completely on a tangent there. We divulge, we divulge uh, or divert. I think I think in fairness the players love playing the competition in the Sigerson and that that's yeah. something that has to be ah, there's a lot to be said for that, yeah, in fairness. But I I, I also think that you know, if if you have found that window that it's running alongside the club championship, okay, you'll end up maybe losing out on some players, but I think it'll be a whole lot easier for, for the calendar, for the players themselves, and maybe even the interest of the supporters that you'd be going like, oh God, look at that DCU team and that TUD team. Wow, they're star-studded. They're, let's go and watch that game. You know, but the fact that it's kind of meshed in with the, with the Alliance League, there's only so many... Hours in the week, your average GA supporter can get away to watch a game. So, mm. um, I think I think it could it could fit better before Christmas. But um, look, we're not going to solve that. We'll we'll get on to Jarlett Ogan and have a chat with him around all of our concerns on St Patrick's Day and uh, the calendar, and see if he can sort it out for us. See if he'd say it was our boy. I said Jarlett Ogan. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. <laughs> Okay, on that bombshell, let's go to an interview I done earlier on in the week with uh, Cavan Camogie manager Philip the Gunner Brady. Tonight, be joined by Philip Brady, uh, Cavan senior Camogie manager. Um, after a postponed weekend of action, Philip disappointing the game couldn't go ahead at the weekend. I know you had your plans and preparations laid out. Yeah, obviously it's disappointing. Um, I thought we might even get the game on the Sunday, but that's the powers to be. Um, I fix it for next Saturday, so we just have to wait and see and go again. It's uh, obviously it was going to be a big step, but how how have you finded the Division Two? How's it treating you? Yeah, it's probably is a bit of a step. I don't think it's as big a step as we probably anticipated. I think we're we're probably in a lot of games, and I know we lost two of them by nine points, but still down to those small mistakes that we're making. Um, the opposition is good and the quality is far quicker or far better but we're not far away I think the year's experience if we can stay in Division 2 will be a huge help to the girls next year or any girl coming in and we're not that far away I think I suppose coming from Cavan again we go back to the mindset and they always talk about this where do we really belong up in this division and I think the girls are starting to figure that they really are belong in that division and that the lower divisions aren't any good to them and that staying at the higher level is obviously better. So, look, we're just working hard all the time. I, as I say, I don't think the nine points defeats didn't really do us justice. Um, maybe the last day did because we were, we were terrible in, in all aspects of the game. But I suppose when you're so bad and, and lose only by nine points that mm-hmm. you realise that the, the gap isn't as big as first uh, anticipated. Do you think that the anticipation of that gap affected, I know you're working on low numbers this year, did it affect some players in terms of not wanting to come in thinking that they wouldn't make that jump? Most definitely. Um, some girls have said that they, they didn't feel that they were up to the standard and they didn't realise that or think that they'd get as much game time. And Again, it's, it's disappointing to hear girls say that and I suppose any girl you ask you, you you think there's something there for her or that you can improve them some way that maybe not this year might be the year but next year or the year after that they would fit into a, a nice cabin setup. but again you can only um, 
play, uh, use the players you have and, and I suppose work with the players you have and if girls have, have that attitude it's very hard to change it um, in, a, in the space of a phone call but they probably did but I think the girls that say we've turned it around even since last year I come in you know they probably didn't believe they were good enough for Division 3 and then you know you go and win it and you know it's just about getting that experience I think and you know, we have a great bunch there at the minute and, and the numbers are small, but the quality is, is unbelievable. And again, as a management team, we're, we're quite relaxed. We know that we have a great squad and we have one or two injuries at the minute, which which doesn't help get into games. But whether we go with 15 or 16 or 17 to the game, as I say, we're more than capable of winning them. It's just cutting out the mistakes that we're making because if we keep doing them, then we can't have any... Um, we can't have any complaints about the scorelines at the end of the day. I suppose they say, you know, finding your level, you, you have to go up to find your level and, and seeing the difference between Division 3 and now Division 2, What what is the main difference? I think just the speed. The speed that, you know, in Division 3, you might have been able to tap it on the stick twice to control it. And this time, if you don't get it on the first control, it's gone. They just take it with the hand. It's not even the stick sometimes. The speed that they... To do things at and it's just an intense level and you have to look where Cavan Hall or Camogie is coming from where you know they only came back say three or four years ago the likes of Kerry and Derry you know they've all good pedigrees in, in Camogie for years and years gone past and they're bringing young girls maybe from winning Munster and, and Ulster Championships uh, in the A level where we're maybe coming with, from B level or, or C sometimes and maybe not even winning, only qualifying for finals. and You have to look at the, the underage aspect. But we've done huge work, I think, the last two or three years. There's huge numbers at underage level now. and I think you have to go back and look at where we're coming from as a county and where we want to get that. And we're, we're probably going in the right direction in, in every aspect, from our underage structure to the senior structure. And Yeah, it's, it's, it's different when you're looking at it this year. Um, and just seeing some of the skill level from other teams. And, you know, last year you might have got away with someone missing one or two frees from the other side. But, you know, this year they're so clinical and everything to do. And but I think the speed that the girls play with, but again, playing at this level will only improve the girls, will only improve Gavin Camogie. And, and as I say, any girl that's in there, they seem to be enjoying it and enjoying the challenge. And although things aren't going well for us at the minute, we've only won win. Um, Again, we're just going to embrace the rest of the National League and see where it takes us and, and then look at the championship after that. Talk to me then about the, the league itself. So how how does it pan out with, with promotion or relegation? So the first two go into the final and the bottom team are relegated. Okay. So, um, you know, we have one win. Ideally, you'd want a second win uh, out of the last two matches. Um, again, depending on how results go, one win could be enough in the division, but... Look, we're always wanting to improve and as I say when we went down to Kerry we, we felt we had a chance to a fighting chance but we didn't perform and again the same against Mead and Westmead we feel that we have a great chance of winning the games and again it's just about going out and performing to the best we can and I think if we do that then we'll be there or thereabouts with both matches and you know with a bit of luck it could come out the, the right side of the result. Uh, you mentioned injuries earlier on Niamh Keenan, um was out is there any update on her? Eve, um yeah, originally she was going to be three months plus. Um, oh. She's done quite a bit of damage on her knee, but 
Um, you know, it seems to be coming back a small bit. She's had a good uh, last week. Um, and, you know, we could see her maybe in, in maybe eight to nine weeks, all going good. Um, as I say, she's done a good bit of damage around the knee, but and she's a huge loss, you know, and dual player in the county. She's a huge loss, though, especially. She's one of the top Camogie players in the county. But, look, we have a squad, um, you know, we pick up injuries here and there, but they're tough women, you know. They seem to just uh, bounce back and, you know, where in football you might have an eagle here or there and might keep you out of a game, you know, in fairness to the Camogie girls, to battle through it and, you know, we have a great bunch and hopefully an will back for championship for us and that we can make a, a good run of it um, and maybe get a win or two in the National League before it finishes and again bring us into the championship run. Meet up next. They've two wins out of their three games so far. They're just on top of you on the table. Do you know much about them? Yeah, Mead's a quality team. Um, as I say, they're they're competing with the likes of the Derrys and the Kerrys and the Cork and Galway second teams, you know, for all our intermediate honours. And, and again, that's the level they're at um, while we're trying to compete at junior level. And that's the, the difference, I suppose, in the league so far where you've seen the levels that they're, the speed and I suppose the quality of players. But um, look, they're going to be good. They're going to be hard beaten, but if we go out and, and applicate, put in the, the best application we can and, and play to the best we can, as I say, the quality of players in Cavan Camogie is at a huge standard at the present time. And as I say, we might only have 17 to 20 players talking out at any game, but any girl can play. And that's the good thing about it. You, you can look back at the bench and just say, to a girl go on knowing that she's going to improve the game rather than maybe putting on a girl that you're not so confident with him. Um, look, it's going to be a great challenge next two matches. But as I say, we're up to the challenge, and and that's what it's about up in the in the higher division. And as I say, if we can stay in it, it would be brilliant for the girls next year. But you know, if we don't, then we just have to assess where we're at and how the league went for us and, and roll on championship. How quick does championship come after the league, or is there a gap? Uh, so there is. There's a six-week gap to the Ulster Championship, where there's just one match, an uh, Ulster Intermediate Final against Armagh. And then two weeks after that, I think it's the last weekend in May, is the championship. So the girls will go back and play the club league uh, in April and early May, and then we'll we'll head into the championship then. Okay. Well, look, best of luck at the weekend, Philip. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you, Damien. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. So, just on, on an update, the Cavan Camogues are taking on Mead. It's been relocated to outside the county, even though it's a home game. They're playing it in Myla. Um which is a disappointment, I'm sure. I don't know why it isn't played in Cavan. Well, I'm presuming they couldn't get a pitch in Cavan. It's a, it goes back to that old, old, age-old problem now. And the biggest obstacle in in Cavan GA is pitches again. But that's disappointing to give up home venue, isn't it? Yeah, I'm surprised at that now. But look, I suppose 
with all the rain we've had, maybe they found it very difficult to get a pitch, and the game was already postponed once. So I don't know. Maybe it's it's preferable. Like mm. it's not like they're they're traveling very far. Where I am here in Virginia, Myla is probably twenty minutes away. It's just over the road, really. It's just the far side of Oldcastle. So, um, yeah, but it is disappointing, I suppose. Yeah, but I don't think it'll be a massive, massive disadvantage either. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm sure it won't be. But, um, interesting comments there, and interesting around Philip talking about the some players, you know, definitely being intimidated by going up to the higher level and and opting out. And I, I find that that I knew it was the case. But I, I, I still find it uncomfortable. Yeah, I was quite surprised that he was so open about that. Like, which is, which is good to, good to hear a manager saying it out straight as it is. Um, yeah, it's well, is it surprising, Damien? Well, like it's human nature, really. Like when you, when you've sort of climbed the, climbed the grade so quickly, like they have, maybe a bit of doubt is going to creep in. Maybe there's a bit of truth to it as well. Like maybe, maybe. This year was always going to be a year where Cavan were going to face a lot of very tough games. Oh yeah, of course it was. It was definitely going to be a year where you'd face tough games. But it's a bit like you were saying on the Diehards podcast, where you know, if a good player says I'm staying in, or one of the better players says I'm staying in, that that others around kind of go, "Oh, they're staying in. There's a chance here." Maybe in this case, it sounds like. All the, well, uh, I think for the majority of it, I, I'm I'm struggling to think of any massive players like any definite starters that aren't in on the squad, but it's maybe the lack of of a desire to go and try and take one of those places that surprises me. That you know somebody who has put in maybe a year or two years or three years has now said, oh, well, do you know what? Now I'm going to I'm going to pull away from this instead of. I I think I don't know what coach it is. You know me. I I'd, I'd I'd read and listen to a lot of audio books on coaches, but I never can remember who said what. But there is a a famous coach that kind of said the vast majority of people quit when they're just about to achieve success. Mm. You know, it's at that it's a yard from the finish line. That sort of an idea, and and yeah. that's that's the part that always gets me is that when you when you've committed so much time to something. To you, turn. You know, it's 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 almost saying, yeah, you know what? That's it. That's that done. And I didn't achieve it. I, I, I'd, I'd be kind of of a different mindset. That's well, no, I'm going to keep on going here. And and <laughs> I'm like you with it with an argument. You know, eventually I'm going to be right if I keep on going at it. <laughs> well, you're you're like me. <laughs> you're you're like you with an argument, David. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I, I thought very interesting. I also thought at the start where he, he said, you know, a bit of a surprise about Division 2 is that, you know, he almost says it's not as high a standard as we expected. We we can go and win these games. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that, that was really interesting because you see the levels in Horland and, you know, the gaps are unbridgeable really in Horland. Like, it's very, very difficult to come up. Like, if Captain were to win a Laurie Maher, uh, and then win another grade after that. Like Kavanaugh come from Division Four to Division Two. Kavanaugh to get out, of, win the Laurie Maher, and then the really, really knuckle there and they get every player playing and all the rest of it, and and somehow try and win uh, Nicky Rackard. Like I just couldn't see Kavanaugh being competitive at Christy Ring. Like, like it would take probably a full generation. It would take twenty years to get to that. I think 
that's that's how wide the gaps are in Hurling. And it's obviously not like that in, in Camogie because I know we said, okay, we lost two games with nine points. But nine points is relatively competitive, um, especially in, in Camogie or Hurling. Um, more more sort of football. So I I thought that that was a very interesting way of looking at it. Like they went down and played Kerry and Killarney and stank the place out, played terrible uh, by his, by Phillips' own admission, beaten by nine points. That would say that, you know, if you can you can close that gap, there's definitely um room there to close that gap. So I, I think the stats are sort of backing them backing them up. But Kevin aren't losing any game by twenty five points or anything, which you see all the time in Horland. That just to be one of my one of my uh Pillars of my of my argument against tier championships was the amount of hammerings in in Horland, and there's five tiers in Horland in the championship, like from um, Christy Ring, Nicky Rackard, Laurie Maher, um, Joe McDonough, and, and Liam McCarthy. And uh, within that, the amount of hammerings is unbelievable. Like it's actually unreal. If you look at the odds when that championship comes around in summer, there be teams there to be fifty to one on like several of them in a, in a, in a competition. So um, for Cavan to have stepped up and be competitive, even though they're losing a couple of games and they won one game, uh, I, think, I think that's very good. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I, I'm hoping that there are girls who did step away and have now a wee bit of regret that, gosh, actually, you know, I, I could be making a difference there. I could be, I could be pushing on and I could be good enough for that standard. Um, you know, and 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 make a U turn and 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 get back in contact with Philip and and go in and get onto that panel because I I love to see the fact that Cavan have a Camogie team that's competitive. You know, and and any team that that puts on that blue jersey of Cavan that we're we're competitive in. So hopefully, hopefully, towards the end of this year or or or, or in the next few months when the the league is finished, then there's that gap for uh, club games, club league games. So maybe after that club league games, a few of them will will decide. You know what? Yeah, I'm ready to go back in here and give it a whirl. Um, and we might just see a, a, an an upturn in the numbers that are, are playing County Camogie. So, uh, but it was great to chat to them, uh, to chat to to Philip earlier on. Just uh, before we go, Paul, a couple of things to bring our t- our our listeners' attention to over on the diehard service. Um, we have the preview of the Cavan v Antrim game with Killian Clark joining us for a chat or joining me for a chat and Paddy Tierney who's a journalist with the Belfast Media um, giving us the insight on the Antrim camp uh, looking ahead to that game we also have a really good interview with Canis Maher the Calvin Cat do you like that line? the Calvin Cat Canis Maher I, I, I thought up of that all on my own yeah no, that's good I tell you it's very good for you it's good and even in general it's good <laughs> <laughs> By by my standards, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> by ordinary standards, it's good. Like it is good, it definitely was. But uh, what what a, what a great story! I absolutely love love his story, and you can tell he's got a passion already for Calvin Horland. Like he's he's going to be one of these one of these. You know, well, Horland's better than football. He you, you can tell it, and he well, he's already one of them. But he's even going to start spreading it around Calvin. So I I like that. I'm I'm looking forward to having those debates in in the future when Calvin are competing in in in. All Ireland finals and stuff at Horland, it'll, it'll be brilliant. But no, what a great interview with Canis and what a story! Like to be a 16, 17 year old winning an All Ireland minor title and captain in Kilkenny, and now we have him playing for Cavan. It's just yeah. phenomenal. And he's not a, a, a an import, he's living in Cavan, he's here for good, he's married in Cavan. So yeah. I think this is this, this, I almost got the feeling talking to him that 
he's one of these he has the potential to be this pivotal character that changes the entire future of Cavan Horland. You know that sort of a way. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Like I hadn't thought of that, but it might it, it might sound fantastical, but that can happen. Like like famously, there was there was a Christian brother from Cork who moved to to Bar and Offaly in the sixties, and he he was the one who basically created the modern tradition of Horland in, in Offaly. I can't remember his name. His brother, brother Dennis, or something like that. Um, I probably have his name wrong. But he just started like intensive coaching in in bar and it, in the schools and and so on and like Horland and Offaly is confined to to a, a small enough radius anyway, and yeah. from there they just they got it and they got a, probably got a good crop of of youngsters who were athletic or whatever and really into it, and from there they just built this modern tradition because Offaly Horland was was nothing like in the forties fifties early sixties like Offaly Horland wasn't on the the radar whatsoever and by the early eighties they're winning all Ireland so. Like you know, it it can happen. Obviously, it's it's harder to do it now, especially in Harlem. But there's no reason why Kevin can't can't climb the ladder a bit. Well, wasn't Hugh O'Reilly that sort of character on Kevin football? Yeah, so, well, he yeah he was like he was he came from Cork and he, but his father and uncles were from there and he was he was heavily involved in in uh, struggle for independence at the time. He was very politicised. Would have spent time in in the internment camp. Uh, I think in. Um, in Kildare, in the Curragh. And uh, he was just one of these sort of messianic figures who brought everyone in behind him. First of all, he was a brilliant player. And like, he played on the 1928 All-Ireland winning junior team. And then he played on the on the 33 and 35 winning senior teams. Like, to win the junior in 28 was a massive thing even because junior All-Ireland was a big one that time. And then he played in those two teams and then he went on and trained the next two, the next uh Three All Ireland winning teams. He also trained the, the Good Hill team who won three in a row in the mid fifties of senior championships as well. So it was an absolutely extraordinary man. Apparently, very gruff. He wasn't a man that he wasn't uh, the fellow who put his armor on your shoulder and tell you you're a great lad. And he was he was very gruff, but real disciplinarian and you know militaristic almost. Like he'd have them he'd mar- have them marching on parade before training this sort of thing because that was kind of what he knew. Yeah. But it worked. It worked. It worked, and it uh, and it inspired and, and and lifted the county. So, you just never know. Maybe the the teacher from Kilkenny that's that's up in Mullen now can can do the same for the Horland. But I I I love the interview. I love chatting with him. He, he's a great fella. So, uh, we also had our talking points over on the diehard service where Paul. Um, I don't know if our listeners know that Paul is against the split season, but he goes goes to bed on it really in, in that talking points. Um so there's loads, loads of stuff over on the diehard service on patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan. Um someone said Damien, those pair of begins with a C wouldn't be able to agree on what day of the week it was, but it makes it entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. I think I, I the the best of it all is that I know I'm right and you know you're right and, and yet we're both arguing the other side of the coin so it's uh, it's it's brilliant on it. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that, that'll fall your side and a lot of people fall my side. The miners are playing today um up in Donegal. We're looking forward to hearing that result. Um hopefully they get on well up in up in that game. That's their third game of the league. Uh, last week's game against Fermanagh was ca- was cancelled, but they've won against Sligo and a loss against Tyrone. So fingers crossed that the lads get on well. We'll also be bringing you details of the under twenties um, horlers as well. They they've been going well, so we'll get the exact details before we 
d- uh, dive into that, but I think they had a good win last night, and we'll see exactly what that means for them. Um, and oh yeah, before we go to Virginia girls on the twenties, they won the All Ireland semi final against Strokestown. Uh, narrow win. Did you hear anything about it? Uh, all I heard was the they won it by a point uh, with a late, very late score. So I was talking to Aideen briefly. She was she was involved in the management of the team, and she was saying it was wasn't good for the heart. So hopefully we get a full report on that one for next week. Definitely some achievement into an All Ireland final. So well done to the Virginia College girls. Uh, we'll try and get some more information on that. But I'll tell you that I think uh, that's all we've time for. We've all the GEA wrapped up in a boat. We have a big, big interview coming on Monday. Can't give the details on it, um, but it's one that, that our listeners will definitely be interested in, in hearing. Um, all GEA fans around Cavan will be very interested in hearing this one. So keep an, an eye out on your feed for the, the We Are Cavan podcast coming out on Monday. But that's all the business we have taken care of. What's the, day, the plan for St. Patrick's Day? I was supposed to be going to Dublin Damien, so uh not 100% sure yet. We we're going to go up and, and uh, sample the atmosphere, so just have to have to see. You kept me too long on the podcast here, so it might be a one in Dublin. <laughs> well, I'm off to march the Drummerly Dynamos around Cavan Town, uh, proudly wearing my Drummerly uh, tracksuit. And, and, and... You must be captain, are you? Screaming kids, yeah, yeah. I made myself captain. <laughs> As you do. Folks, enjoy your St. Patrick's Day. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, David. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Cavan, yeah. Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then the cave, and it's over the lap, and Cavan are not buried yet. Cavan doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Danny Legged Farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah!